Welcome. Welcome to What You Don't Know Yet, a podcast for teachers in the early part of their career or who just don't know things yet. You may be 40 years into your career and you've forgotten a lot of the things from yes. the early days and you need a reminder. I can tell you that is the case a lot of times. Today's episode topic is self-care. By the end of this episode, you'll be able to practice some self-care strategies during the school year. So, Glenetta, our do now is, what do you do to take care of yourself? Hmm. I have been doing a lot of swimming. Mm. I try to go swimming three or four times a week. Are you I, like an aggressive swimmer? Like you're like speeding down the lanes? Not at like... all. I think swimming is really an overstatement of what I'm doing. It's kind of just <laughs> moving in water. It just really does calm me. I don't feel like I'm in competition with anybody else. And so I just do what I want to do. Sometimes it's a water aerobics class at my gym. And sometimes I jump in and do that. And sometimes I just swim up and down the the lane and sometimes I just sit at the deep end and just do whatever I want there's always music playing so I'm just kind of dancing in the water or something can I know nobody (laughs) sure but you can't talk to me because nobody talks to me when I'm in the deep end there's a warm water pool that's full of little ladies recovering from their arthritis treatments which I was one of those for a long while they talk to me but when I'm in the deep end of the pool nobody talks to me I think I'm too competitive with myself to swim Hmm. I mean I like to swim but I'm always trying to get from one end to the other end as fast as I can which I'm not fast so it stresses me out but for some reason swimming maybe it's because I go to a gym where there's a lot of old people and I'm beating all of them anyway (laughs) such a good feeling
think about things that are not school related mm -hmm. and just kind of get my creative juices flowing and then I can be social with yeah. those. I am in a book club as well and what I like about it is it's always the second Tuesday of the month. I know that I am going to connect with my girlfriends and, and do something social. If I set a goal for myself once a month, I'm going to get together with six or eight of my friends and do something. I would never get that accomplished. But book club, it's easy. It's Yeah, just... try giving yourself an assignment. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. exercise too for me. If I exercise five days a week, I feel amazing. So I should do it more. But yeah, I try to meditate, be creative, exercise. If I do those three things, then I'm gonna have a good day. So let's get into our lesson and talk about why self-care is important. It is counterintuitive in some of these giving professions. You feel like you have to give, 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 give. And it feels selfish sometimes to spend time and or money and or thought on yourself and actually the opposite is true that if you don't take care of yourself you are no good for your students you're not going to be helpful to them when I don't get enough sleep when I don't eat lunch I'm grumpy for my kids and you just don't think as quickly or as well and they know the kids pick up on it so quickly They're like what's wrong with you yeah. yeah. Or like the worst is like, are you okay, Miss Lytle? <laughs> and that just breaks my heart. It's like, oh gosh, no, I'm not. I'm sorry that you can I see it. I'm not. <laughs> I thought I was hiding it from you. No, they always know. So how did you learn about self-care? Mm. Boy, do I have a story for you. I guess it's a little over a year ago. I was teaching at a different school and I was super stressed out and I wasn't doing those things like meditating, exercising, being creative that I know that make me feel good. And I was in the process of applying for a new job, applying for grad school. Uh, we had this high, high stakes test, which I was putting a lot of pressure on myself for. And I just kind of like stopped sleeping oh, because it was horrible. Just, yeah. <laughs> Me with no sleep is, like, the worst thing. And so I was just, like, worried all the time, constantly thinking. And it would be just about, like, random things that, like, you should not worry about. And so I was like, this isn't right. And I'm really proud of myself because I was like, I need, like, a professional to help me through this. <laughs> like, to look this at is, this yeah. So I was like, I'm going to go see a therapist. If there's a problem, I need to fix it. Yeah. And this is the way I know how to. And, like... Seeing a therapist changed my life, and I don't really see my therapist that often now, which is a good thing, I guess, but she challenges everything that I'm thinking. I had a student who was, like, hurting herself mm. in my class, and I wasn't really aware that I was kind of, like, internalizing all of that trauma. I was just, like, always worried about her, and my therapist was like, you can be worried about her, but, like, it's not on you to fix her you know like she's got these right. roles in place you are her teacher you see her for an hour a day but it is not up to you to save her and I was just like it's not just having somebody talk it out being like you're putting too much pressure on yourself you yeah. need to like let this go just like learning strategies of how to let that go mm -hmm. especially a lot of our kids certainly have a lot of trauma and it's really easy to take that example and extrapolate it to the rest of the world and say, 
this is what the rest of the world is experiencing. <laughs> like, everybody is experiencing this trauma, which is not a helpful thought, and it's not a true <laughs> thought. Um, but it's just really easy to get into that thought pattern of, like, I am dealing with all of these kids who have had so many traumatic experiences in their lives. Everybody must have. Yeah. And, like, I need to do something about it. So that can just, like, really weigh on you. Right. And it is good to see a therapist in those situations. Mm-hmm. So my therapist does the exact same thing. She's like, is that really your job? I thought you were teaching English. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. English teacher, oh, yeah. not a psychologist. <laughs> Early in my career, I felt like there was a Glenetta and there was a Miss Blair at the time or Miss Krause mm-hmm. now. And it was like, just like these two people and... Glenetta was like this secret lazy slob who <laughs> didn't like to do school stuff. Mm-hmm. And Miss Blair, Miss Krause was always like the perfect teacher. And I'm actually both of those things together. I need balance. It's okay to be a little bit of Glenetta and a little bit of Miss Krause together. You do want to be a good role model. You do want mm-hmm. to be helpful to people, but you can't let that desire deplete all the energy that you have for taking care of yourself. And it's so funny to me now, looking back, how I would put off doctor's appointments or stay at work too late to do anything for myself besides maybe eat and definitely sleep. That's not self-care. No. (laughs) I don't know what that is, but not helpful. (laughs) It's not helpful. But I've heard teaching compared to being on the stage where we are giving a performance for six hours a day. Mm -hmm. And that whole, like, putting up a shield, putting up that Miss Lytle or Miss Blair face can eat at you. Yeah. And I read somewhere that was, was like, the teaching profession and I think the nursing profession have the highest number of people suffering from alcoholism because of (laughs) that... I'm like, I'm, I'm in the opposite direction. I don't do you, drink at all, but... <laughs> what are you trying to say, Margaret? <laughs> it's just interesting that, like, we put... We have all of this pressure to just perform right. and not show the weakness to the kids that... Yeah, it's no wonder that somebody who doesn't have the self-care strategies that they're going to turn to... That's funny. Other substances. Well, and when you think of actors and rock stars and stuff like that, you just, yeah, that's such pressure to be out there in front of an audience that, sure, they turn to alcohol or drugs or something like that. And, yeah, there's a, there's correlation in my career where I was like, maybe we better just back off the alcohol a little bit, you yeah. know? And yeah. uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. This past year, best year I've ever had. And I think it's because I admitted vulnerability to my students. And we talked about previously on an episode that I do mindfulness with my kids. And that was a great opportunity for me to be like, hey, like, I'm not feeling great today, but I have these strategies in place, so I'm going to do them. What are you going to do to make yourself feel better? Mm-hmm. And I think that made my relationship with the kids a lot stronger. And they were more able to come to me if they had a problem and we could kind of like talk it through. I am always so pleasantly surprised, and it shouldn't be a surprise to me anymore because it does always work this way, that if you just tell your students, you know what, I'm kind of sick today, or I have a huge migraine, and it would be really helpful to me if everybody dropped the volume of their voice by about 75%, and 
They do it. They, they do. understand so how it is. I remember when I was at a school where we had really strict rules about cell phones, and I had modeled for them all year that I turn off my cell phone and I don't have it on mm-hmm. at all at school because they weren't allowed to have it on. But my grandma was sick, and I was waiting for a phone call, and uh, I'm like, I, I know, I tell you all the time, I'm not going to have my cell phone, but I need my cell phone today. And they're like, cool, Miss Krause, do it. Because so they probably sweet. all had their cell phone on, too. But yeah. <laughs> And too, like, I think in previous years, I've had a short temper with kids who have their head down, or, you know, they have their hood up, mm-hmm. and I'm always just like, oh, they're being obstinate. <laughs> or like the, the Key and peel skit, you know, like, they're insubordinate and churlish. Um, yeah, so like when I see a kid with their hood up, I'm always just like, what's wrong? Like, I want my hood up too, <laughs> you know? So I can come at it with, "Yeah, you're probably not feeling your best, let's work on some strategies. Yeah, I think kids like having a human being as a teacher and not just this robot who's perfect all the time. Yeah. What are some things that every teacher needs to do? I really think you need to eat lunch. I think we (laughs) say this on every episode, but this year really is the first year where I've really made it a priority that I am going to eat something for lunch and sit with adults and just relax during my lunch. I really love that my union has fought for a duty-free lunch. I was not taking advantage of that because I didn't know the value of it. Now I know the value of it and you need to eat your lunch. Yeah and don't work. I mean I know the pressure can be I can get these three essays graded in the 20 minutes I have for lunch. That's just going to add to your stress. Take 30 minutes to chat with some other teachers Mm -hmm. or just like turn the lights off and be quietly. (laughs) Don't chat with other teachers. (laughs) Yeah, do what you need to do, but just don't work. (laughs) Yeah. One thing that I'm really excited to work on this year is I purchased Elena Aguilar's Onward book and it's strategies to kind of fill your cup, take care of yourself throughout the school year. So the workbook is divided into the 12 months of the year. And she has daily activities, and each month has a focus. Um, I should have brought it with me so I could give you some examples. Mm. But it just seems like a really good homework or reminder to get you to take care of yourself. I think sometimes we don't do the things that make us feel good because we're like, we'll use the excuse of, oh... I'm, I'm doing lesson planning, or I'm grading papers, or I've had a really rough day, so I'm going to watch five hours of Netflix. If you have that homework that you're maybe being accountable to the book, or maybe you're doing it with friends, that you will get into a habit of taking care of yourself. That would be a lovely thing to sit at lunch each day and talk about that with your teacher. I think that's friends. a great idea. I don't know if this goes under self-care, really, but... Everything does. Everything does. One thing I've been trying to think about, when I give an assignment, think of how I'm going to grade it. Writing the assignment is easy because you're only writing one of them, but when you're grading it, you're grading 120 of them. (laughs) And everything from like, where does the name go on the paper to make it easier for me to grade things? And where are the answers? Do I have to flip through six pages to find the answers? Or are they digital? Or are they on one answer sheet? Do I even have to freaking grade this? I think that's the most important question. And usually the answer is no. Right, right. 
there are some things where I want to benchmark. I want to see what they know at the beginning of the year. I want to see after I've taught something if they understand what I've taught. But there's a lot of space in between those two things where they just need to practice it. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to grade every practice. They need time to play with it, experiment with it, and then put a grade on it. And yes. some of them hate that. They are like, why didn't you grade that? Why didn't you grade that? And all you have to do is put a check mark on it. And they are so happy with the check mark. They're like, okay, she checked it. Yeah, or you could <laughs> say, you won't know whether I grade it or not, but I will collect it. Yeah. Because I will certainly look at most everything, and I will even, if I'm doing a quick write or an exit ticket, I might write down a few notes for myself to make sure that I hit the next day and right. I'm seeing common errors. But, yeah, if I have a clump of exit tickets, and it's just like, what do you need from me for tomorrow? I'm definitely not putting a grade in there. <laughs> you know, like, that would be a total waste of time. It would yeah. take me more to put it in the grade book than to actually have them write it. Right. So there's a great book that I read a few years ago, and I can't remember the author's name, but the book was called Never Work Harder Than Your Students, and it just really challenged the whole perception that we need to be constantly working. Yeah. We don't need to be constantly working. People will say that you have to be constantly working. Like, go home, do your lesson plans, grade, stay up until midnight, and you're still grading, <laughs> but maybe you're watching Netflix too, so it's... Like, totally ineffective. <laughs> Nothing's getting done. You don't know what happened on Netflix, yeah. and you don't know what, what the grade is. So, you don't have to do that. I think you can work really efficiently. I'm about to name drop again. I feel like I've just been name dropping. Go right ahead. And they're, they don't know me, but they will soon. <laughs> Angela Watson from Cornerstone for Teachers does the 40-hour work week. I haven't done it yet, but I love the idea of working smarter, not harder, and just mm -hmm. streamlining your whole process. I think you can do that when you're setting up your classroom at the beginning of the year. Glennetta, you kind of talked about, like, where am I going to have the names? Am I going to sort it into bells? So having slots where kids are putting their papers in so it organizes it for you. Or maybe you're assigning kids jobs where they're alphabetizing the papers for you. So that just takes a little bit of the time away mm -hmm. from you. Or maybe you have rubrics that make it really easy for you to grade or you're using a, like a right. learning management system that grades it for you. So just finding those little tricks that are going to maximize yeah. your time so that you have time for yourself. Right. I find just putting a little extra into the thoughtful planning of your lesson, your room, your homework will make it so much easier on the back end to do things. It's like a gift to yourself. Even when I make my bed in the morning, I'm like, this is my gift to my evening self. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I try to think of this all these things as gifts. So, like, when I'm making the assignment and it, I'm designing it so that it'll go fast, that's my gift to my grading self. <laughs> There's a trap that I, I'll always fall into, and it's only been recently that I've started to get really pissed off about it. <laughs> It's when people in charge, it could be administrators, it could be district officials, anybody, or it could be like in the government, uh -huh. when they use the phrase, it's for the kids. That Don't fall for that. Don't fall for that. That is an excuse <laughs> to abuse teachers, I guess. Yes, yes. We know that it is for the kids. We, we're not idiots. We know why we took this job. We took this job to promote student learning. Right. We did like we don't for need the to, kids for the kids. It's not for the money, except for me. But. Yeah, Lynetta <laughs> did it for the money. The title is not so confused. 
But when somebody says that to you, I think it... Is it trying, trying to make to, you feel guilty? They're trying to guilt trip you into doing something for them. Yeah. And be, because everything we do is for the kids, no duh. There are not enough hours in the day. If I want to do all the things that I need to do for the kids, that I want to do for the kids, there are not enough hours in the day to do them. There, yeah. I have kids with super high needs and I am giving them as much as I can. But even if I give that kid my all, there are still more than I could give. And and your therapist try... would say, it's not your job. Right. Yeah, be okay. And this is something I struggle with, with not just work, but with family and friends. I really struggle to say no because I feel guilty immediately. <laughs> Maybe it's my Catholic upbringing, but... Even if I say yes and I'm not feeling great about it, I'll still feel guilty. Give yourself permission to say no. Right. And take care of yourself. Because like you said at the beginning of this episode, you're not going to be any use to your kids if you're not taking care of yourself. Right. It's an exhausting profession. We talk to usually 120 kids a day. And just all those connections, it's exhausting. And you have to give yourself time to recover from all that, to let your brain rest from all that mm-hmm. a little bit. That's my little half hour stop after after work. Sometimes I just walk around in Michaels and look at things. <laughs> or sometimes I, mean, I just like scroll on Instagram for 15 a, right. minutes. <laughs> sit in a park and just stare. <laughs> Do a lot of sitting and staring. That is a good way to unplug for mm-hmm. me. Um, read a romance novel. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Read good stuff. I just need that little break, and I and I do need it every day. And it sometimes, from the outside, looks like I'm doing nothing. That I could be more productive with my time, but screw that. I, I need I need to take care of myself. And think about all of your friends, all of your family members who are not teachers. And count up how many of them have to do work outside of work hours. Not many. (laughs) (laughs) I was shocked when I got married that my husband doesn't do anything related to work after he's finished with work. He, you know, he has a hard job and he travels a lot and stuff like that. I guess technically that is work-related stuff after work. But as far as like reading, planning what he's going to do for the next day, even checking his email. He's pretty much done as soon as he leaves the office and it doesn't start up again until he enters the office. And he makes a little more money than I do too. Yeah, quite a bit more. (laughs) He observes that he and I technically both start work at the same time, but I like to be at work about an hour earlier. And he's like, why are you rushing to get into work? And it's true, like every extra hour I work, that means I'm getting less money per those hours, right? Never thought about it that way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, the more hours of, oh my gosh. <laughs> my I mind wish, has exploded. I wish we had a video podcast because that's just, that look on Margaret's face. She's like, oh, I've cheapened myself rather than nothing. Looks like that Stranger Things monster. <laughs> Demogorgon. <laughs> yeah, so each extra hour you work, you're kind of subtracting the money per hour that you earn. And I have already accepted that I will have to plan outside of my school day 
And I try to make the things that I do at home the fun things mm. in teaching. Your PowerPoints. My power. I love. I love <laughs> making my PowerPoints. Glenetta has like infected the entire English department with a love of Google Slides. So now I just like spend my free time finding Google Slide templates. <laughs> I do love Google Slides. Um, I don't like grading, so I try to do all my grading at school. And eat your frog first. Yes. Yes. To get the unpleasant duty out of the way yeah. first. Although I do like frog legs. I've had, I've had frog legs. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Tastes like chicken. Oh my goodness. What else did we want to remind people of during this lesson? I mean, we talked about exercise, but I do think that exercising cannot be overstated. What's helped me is I started working out with a friend this year. And we usually were working out about 3.30 in the afternoon. So I had to leave school by 3. Ah. And so I could not stay. So I was like, okay, I've got to get as much done as I can so I can go and do the rest of my day. That's nice. Yeah. That's a good plan. So schedule something after school to get you away from school. I like that. I feel like when I exercise, I sleep better. And I have a better quality of sleep. I like something that Marguerite said, ignore the pressure to always be filling up your time. Everything I see, every art exhibit, everything in the news, can all relate back to the English classroom. Mm -hmm. Everything I do can relate to English. So I have to be careful not to be looking at my entire life through the lens of how am I going to teach this to my kids. <laughs> so I purposefully sometimes have to think, this is not about school. For instance, I went to Lebowski Fest this past weekend yes. <laughs> and I just enjoyed some time with some friends that I don't get to see very often and it was a blast and it had nothing to do with school. Yeah, I think having a hobby that doesn't have anything to do with school, or maybe slightly related, but something that you're focusing on. I like to write. Having a goal to be writing every day or like meeting with my writing group really helps me not think about school because I'm like oh I've got this I've got this goal that yeah. I'm really excited about and I don't have to feel guilty because I'm producing something right I totally agree this is our executive producer Amanda who's going to talk on the episode even no, though she doesn't not. want to she's, she's gonna edit herself out of it <laughs> she is <laughs> you talked about like taking care of yourself to be the best person for your students but you also need to be the best person for your relationships and maintain them outside of school so my advice is to have like some like Lynetta said some alone time after school like after school I go home or I on the drive home I don't answer the phone my mother will call mm -hmm. undoubtedly mm -hmm. and I won't answer because I've been talking to people all day long mm -hmm. and I need at least an hour of silence and no interaction and then I can go home and not think about school and then I can call my mother back and I can be that person for the relationships I have outside of school. I that's think really that's good. just as important as our relationships with our students. Can so we can't just forget what we are. said and on the podcast? <laughs> I think you could say it more eloquently. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> You know how incoherent we are. That is a good point because another thing about my husband's work is that, you know, work is shut off for him pretty much as soon as he leaves. When he gets home, he is ready for me. And 
If I come straight home from work, I am not always ready for him. I just need that quiet time where I'm not talking to anybody. And then when I come home, then, hey, how was your day? And I actually want to hear about it. I am a better person in my marriage. And honestly, like we have a rule that I can only talk for five minutes about school related stuff. He wants to hear it, he wants to know it, but I could go on all day. Mm -hmm. You know, I have 120 students and I told him about every single one of them, that's all we talk about. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so. I think that's really important. One thing that I've been working on is being social during the week. And so I really like having things to go see my different friends during the week. Yeah. But it is really important that I get a little debriefing time on my own. Great yeah. time to meditate, by the way. I got to teach a yoga class at school this year. Teenagers really are stressed out mm -hmm. and they want that calm and that peace. And they just need time to breathe. I think it's really important to model self-care for them. Yes. Because I don't remember talking about self-care as a kid or ways to manage my emotions or anything like that. And I just don't think we talked about it. So I think of, I'm taking care of myself, I'm practicing self-care, I'm meditating, I'm showing my kids how to meditate. They're going to have all of those things in their toolbox as they go through life. It's easy to feel stuck when you're thinking about how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. So maybe just getting some outside perspective about how you can take care of yourself or go through this checklist of, did I exercise? Did I eat lunch? Did I meditate? Have I seen people outside of school? Have I done something creative? And if you've done all of those things, I guarantee you're going to be feeling better. If not, you can leave us a comment on the <laughs> podcast. I will recommend a good therapist for you. So let's talk about our homework. Yes, our homework, the favorite part. I yes. love homework. homework. Does that make me weird? You I are love so homework. stinking weird. <laughs> I assign myself homework. I don't, I do. I, I really don't assign no much homework to my students. Oh, I don't but... assign any homework to my students. <laughs> but I guess I'm like, you could assign yourself this homework. One time I said, if you wanted to, you could write a poem, but I'm not going to tell you to write it. And then they all did. It worked. I don't know. Reverse psychology. <laughs> Um, but your homework is to make a list of things that fill your cup. What are the things that you do to fill your cup, yeah. to take care of yourself? And keep that list close by and make sure you're not neglecting those things when the school year starts. Mm -hmm. You guys are going to kill it. You're going to be so zen. This episode of What You Don't Know Yet is brought to you by your hosts, Glenetta Krause and Margaret Lytle. It is executive produced by Amanda Hutchinson, and we've got no special guests, but do check out the authors we mentioned. We will put them on our website, whatyoudon'tknowyet.com. <laughs> Take that W out of there. <laughs>